Live Above the Noise, the Choiceful Family Project. Welcome to Live Above the Noise, the Choiceful Family Project. I'm your host, Wayne Yurcha, and this podcast is a step-by-step action plan to help parents protect and prepare their children for the future. Thank you for joining us. This is episode number 18, and I'm here with my podcast partner, developmental and educational psychologist and kids media expert, Dr. Rob Ryer. And if this is the first episode you're listening to, we want to tell you that each episode builds upon the preceding ones. So to get the most out of the episodes, we suggest that you listen to them in order. Also, as a guide for you, episode one through eight provide important foundational information. And starting with episode nine, we begin to introduce specific tools and strategies designed to help you protect and prepare your children and family for the future, with the inner IQ being introduced in episode 12. And we really do recommend that you listen to all the inner IQ episodes if you can, because the inner IQ is an essential framework that parents can use to help understand and guide their children's healthy development. And we will be talking about that as we move through future episodes. Now, in the last episode, we talked about a dimension of the inner IQ called we communication. And we discussed how parents can use a method of we communication, indirect communication, to create better connection with their children. Today, we're going to explore the final dimension of the inner IQ, and that is T communication, which stands for Transcendent and Transpersonal Communication. And once again, we are fortunate to have Adrian Principe, the founder of Turning Life On, joining us. So Rob, to get us started, can you first give us a a brief overview of me and we communication, and then let's talk about T communication. So if we think about me, it's more on a personal level, what's going on with me. If we think about we, what's going on with interpersonal communication with myself and others, both on the personal level. But what about that other level, that inexplicable transcendent level that we don't fully understand, but some of us have a sense of or want to have a sense of, it certainly opens the door to spirituality, to religion, to self-actualization, to the big picture, to uni- especially to unity in diversity. So it's in there as a bigger idea to rise above or go beyond the limits of the personal and to offer hope in whatever way that works for any individual, whatever their own ideas are about What's much more than what we're seeing around us? What we're open to? What are the full possibilities of life? What is that? That's in the T communication dimension. And what we do know is that if we look at people that have more inner communication experiences, they're more receptive or they have opened the door to more T communication experiences. So when you think about the movements toward mindfulness and meditation. Those are me communication, inner communication movements that people are craving, they're wanting. And many of those me communication kinds of experiences open the door to T communication. And to the degree that they embrace me communication, T 
communication is open to them. And there's a lot of hope, optimism, and beauty and unity in tea communication. And that could even go with regard to nature and our relationship with nature and appreciating nature, couldn't it? Sure, sure. In fact, forest bathing, which we know is just being quiet with me communication in nature, often opens up a form of tea communication where if you're tuned in and you're aware, you can discover the ability to feel something different in nature. And that comes through that combination of me and uh, tea communication also. And I I know from having a a place up in Lake Arrowhead up in the mountains and being able to go up there, I don't even get quite get up into the cabin yet. And I'm sensing something really different about myself, my energy, the state of mind that I'm in. All those things start to shift in nature. And, And that's a form of tea communication. And And it's wise to recognize how good that is for us to be able to understand that and embrace uh, what nature offers us that we often forget about. And Adrian, I know you and your family spent time this summer on Cape Cod. I think you mentioned to me that this is exactly the same sort of thing that happens to you when you go to Cape Cod, didn't you? You could talk to anybody Um, who spends any time on Cape Cod. And when you go over that bridge, there's a bridge that connects the Cape with the mainland of Massachusetts. You can feel something Um, and everybody will say it, you know, it's separately, not knowing each other. You can interview 10 different people and they'll all say the same thing, that there's something magical happens when you come over the bridge and you come into Cape Cod. Even if you still have 45 minutes or 45 minutes down the Cape or an hour to drive, you just some you just feel differently, and um, there's actually a wonderful book that I've I've been reading not consistently enough, but it's called Blue Mind, and he looks at the neurological effects of the sea, the ocean, on people's brains, and there's definitely a connection there. You know the way that nature makes you feel, whether it's the ocean or a forest, hiking in the mountains, wherever it is, there's definitely a connection. Yeah, that's one of the things about urban living that you pay a price for that. You There is a trade-off if you can't get out of the urban environment into some kind of natural or nature environment. That's an experience that children really need to have to and tune into the awareness that shifts. Well, this is sort of an interesting story. You know, you think about nature and I know we're going far afield, but earlier this year, we had a hummingbird that started to buzz around the door of our place. And so hummingbirds are just so beautiful. There's quite a few of them here in Victoria. And um, we kept seeing this go to a tree, which was probably 10 feet from our front door. And uh, we park our car there. We have a garage there. And so we kept seeing this hummingbird. And then one day we noticed that there was actually a nest right there. The hummingbird had made a nest just above our heads in the branch, just as you walked right under it into the house. And uh, so we started watching this thing. and. All of a sudden, we see two little beaks poking out of the top of this thing. So my wife took these great pictures of the mum hummingbird feeding the other hummingbird. And unfortunately, one of them died. And, you know, this whole nature cycle goes around and etc. But the other one survived. The other one got bigger and bigger. And the mum hummingbird would come and feed it. And um, after a certain period of time, then it stayed in another tree. And uh, kept chirping to it until finally 
the the young hummingbird one day started to go to the edge of this little nest and the nest is i don't know if you've ever seen a hummingbird nest but it's i would say it's uh an inch and a quarter across that's tiny that's as much as it is it's so small we actually thought it was just a little tiny knot on a tree you wouldn't have ever seen it and then finally the little hummingbird took off so i guess it's now on its way and this the mom hummingbird is now in the other tree and buzzing around and we think apparently we've now learned that they can have a number of nests during the summer Mm. so we think she may be starting another one but it was quite amazing that's really cool you know what's interesting about that though wayne is is how it makes you feel just to observe it Mm -hmm. beautiful you know it's just like bringing animals or dogs into senior citizen homes or hospitals to connect with the elderly. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just a shift in your state. That's tea communication, disguised in many ways. So the the reason I picked up that book, Blue Mind, was because we took the ferry out to Nantucket last summer just for the day. We brought our bikes out. We rode all around the mile. I think we rode our bikes 20 miles and we were there all day. I think we got on an 830 ferry and we came back on a seven o'clock ferry. So naturally, my then five-year-old was having a tough time on the ferry and she was really upset. And I took her outside on the deck of the boat and it was super windy. We were on a high speed ferry, so we were going pretty fast. It was dark. It was windy. It was cold, but I just held her close to me. And despite the noise, the temperature, um, the wind, she fell right to sleep. Mm. And that got me thinking, what is it about the sea or what, you know, in, mm. in nature, really, in this case, it was the sea, but what is it about the sea that makes us calmer and happier? And it is, it's that being in nature, or actually when I was getting into this, um, into what I'm doing now with technology, I started researching it because the principal at my kid's school said that she had noticed an uptick in anxiety um, with the students. And, And this was elementary school and she couldn't figure out why. So I started to do a little research and I discovered really three things related to this. It was the rise in the use of technology, which I I then started to study, but it was also the decline in outdoor play, Mm -hmm. um, which a lot of people are saying is impacting kids' resilience and their mental and obviously their physical health. Yes. It's just not being outside in nature. So this is a really important thing for parents to understand. And if you think about just what, what you wouldn't recognize is the brain states shifting. We're not talking about neuroplasticity, the same thing. We're talking about the different states of the brain. And so if you're on a computer and you're in a high-powered problem-solving or game-playing state, that is really different you know, than moving into a more natural state where the brain will shift the, the brainwave patterns. I'd like to just talk about something else in terms of T communication, transcendent communication. And I think this would be something that would resonate with young people so much. And that is the whole environmental movement, the whole idea of caring for the world. I mean, this idea of having a stake in where we live and wanting to, you know, keep things in a a natural state that future generations can use. I think that kids are really keenly aware of that. And wouldn't that also be this whole feeling of, you know, loving and wanting to care for the world, wouldn't that also be transcendent or tea communication? Yeah, absolutely. And it'll show up in supporting the environment without even understanding 
what's really going on at a deeper level and how critical that is to who we are and what we need to be doing. Well, I think that's a great way to get kids outside is because they are learning about this in school and how important it is to take care of the environment. But then when they come home from school, they're spending a lot of time inside for multiple reasons. Either they're on their devices, they're gaming, Mm -hmm. or their parents are keeping them inside because they're afraid of kidnapping or Lyme disease or whatever it is, whatever the assumed dangers are of being outside. So I think this is a great way to appeal to kids and adults to get outside. Mm -hmm. We're so concerned about the environment. We're taking care of the environment. We should go outside and live with the environment, live in the environment, get outside and enjoy it. So there's a lot to be learned there. There's also a lot of research that says there are parts of nature that, um, I don't want to say heal, but the the exposure that we're getting from media. So for instance, or the way that screens affect our eyes, getting out in nature can heal the negative effects of screens on our eyes. There's there's research about that. So Rob, we talked about T-communication in terms of nature, in terms of the environment and in all that, but I think a lot of people would be thinking to themselves, well, there's the me communication, which I can really understand, we communication, which is you know really obvious and happens all of the time. But do I really need tea communication or if I do need it, isn't it something that's just kind of random that just that comes to us? You're in nature and maybe you get it, maybe you don't or something happens or something along those lines. But you have a feeling on it that it's more defined than that, don't you? So can you just talk about your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'd like to come at it a little differently, which is to um, have the listener understand that me and we communication, which we've talked about previously, are pretty much on the personal level. But when you ask the question of what it takes in life to really have the bigger picture of how things could be and are essentially connected, it goes beyond that to what we call transcendent, but is really technically called the science of transpersonal psychology. And that basically takes the position that there's something beyond the personal level that's richer on a developmental scale. It's higher. It affords you more well-being. It's a feel-good, do-good kind of level that is brain-based and developmentally based. And it opens up the doors to something that feels better and gives you a better sense of well-being. So how would a, I mean, is this something that that you can actively try to develop or that you want to actively try to develop in your children? You want to actively open the door to that. And already what we've talked about, when we talk about center point or inner communication, what's happening with the inner communication is you're trying and working on developing this sense of who am I? That's self realization, self-exploration, that's understanding yourself. As you understand yourself, you can open a higher level of understanding the big picture of the world around you. So let's say, for example, you're stuck in automatic behaviors. You don't have your higher brain functions worked out, your executive functions. You're immature with regard to your understanding of the bigger picture because your higher brain functions are immature. That inhibits your ability to see the big picture. 
And the big picture allows you to see interconnections between things, such as nature, such as the relationship with animals and humans, these kinds of things that you feel when you get into nature. But you you may take that lightly as opposed to understanding that that's an important thing for you to know about and understand that there's a science underneath that, and it's related to higher brain functioning, to executive functioning of the brain. So transpersonal communication or transcendent communication is something that you sort of get to by being able to go inside more or uh, master your me communication more. Would you say that? Yeah, that's one way to think about it. Some people have a spontaneous experience of, let's call it the big picture, how everything is interconnected without getting into a new agey idea about it. It's not new agey at all. Everything is connected. So some people get that. And when they get that on a profound level, they communicate differently because they respect things differently that are around them. People, animals, nature, all things around them, when they see the connection, they respect that connection and they communicate completely differently based on that respect. That's a transpersonal kind of behavior that's going beyond the personal to an understanding of what's beyond it and why we have this connection between things and between the world and between nature and between us. And it's a beautiful thing to get to. And some people do it with different kinds of experiences. All of a sudden, they have a realization. I mean, I talk to people, for example, that have a business and they're thriving millionaires. And they go, my life is terrible. And I discovered that none of the stuff I thought was of value or that I based my life on gets me to a sense of well-being, gets me to understanding how to live my life do good and feel good. None of it does. So all of a sudden they say, but what happened to me was I was ill or I had a terrible accident or something. And I realized that my values were not complete. They were off. It wasn't the things that I thought would get me there. There was something else. And there was a spontaneous shift in my value system. And from that point forward, I've lived a different kind of life, felt better, had a higher sense of well-being, and lived from a different space with a different set of values. Those values are transpersonal. Well, that's certainly something that uh, I think we see in society all the time is people getting what they think they want and then finding that it doesn't feed their, their happiness in the true sense or their fulfillment or any of these things. Or obviously, they're not able to feel this transcendent or this transpersonal communication that that brings this sense of well-being to their life. So Rob, is there a way to foster transcendent communication in our life then? Well, we understand the science of well-being, which is positive emotions, high brain character traits, living in higher value system. All of that can be fostered, life satisfaction by helping children discover meaning and mastery and being able to develop their virtues, which are essentially values in action. And all of that you can foster. And we also know that the higher brain activities are what 
that is. That's what you aspire to, is to move into those kinds of activities to foster that for the child and move them into higher brain executive functions through that. So it's all teachable and doable. So if the child is not highly influenced by circles of influence around them that stop that process of high brain activity, they have a way to tap into higher brain kinds of skills through the higher brain executive functions. And transpersonal communication can emerge from that. So in many ways, if a parent helps a child develop their inner IQ, the consequence of that is a greater likelihood that they're going to be able to experience transcendent and transpersonal communication. That's exactly correct. So high brain function would be the criteria to work toward, which is on a personal level, and opening up high brain function and inner IQ dimensions allow you to open the gateway then to T-communication easier. And of course, this ties in directly with choicefulness and becoming more choiceful, doesn't it? So choicefulness, as we've talked about, is awareness, ability, and control. So if you think about opening up T communication, you're essentially opening up your awareness so you can create a higher ability, a higher understanding of the world around you, which will create a sense of wisdom and well-being. And that will allow you to interact with the world and control your own life as well as the world around you differently if you've developed a higher form of communication through awareness and ability and control. So, Rob, is there a takeaway that you can give parents today? The takeaway would be this. Number one, there is a science of T-communication. There's plenty of research and Think of T-communication as facilitating wisdom and well-being in a child through higher brain functioning. So I think that's a great place to end this episode. But since this episode is the last part of our overview of the inner IQ, I just want to briefly review those nine dimensions of the inner IQ that we've been talking about in these last few episodes. So once again, the inner IQ stands for Inner Integral Qualities. And it is an essential framework that parents can use to help guide their children's healthy development. There are three categories of the inner IQ. And the first one is character, which includes the dimensions of identity, values, and virtues, which we talked about in episode 12. The second category is competence, which includes self-management, meaning, and mastery. And we covered those in episodes 13 and 14. And of course, the final category is communication, which includes me communication, we communication, and T communication. And we discussed those in episode 16, 17, and of course, this episode, episode 18. And because this is the last episode that Adrian's going to be with us at this time, and I say at this time because I'm sure we'll have Adrian join us again in the future. She's been such a terrific guest and her role both as a mom and as the founder of Turning Life On. So, Adrian, we really want to thank you for all your valuable insights. It's fun. Well, and I got some free advice. (laughs) That's right. Well, I'm sure we'll have you on at some point in the future, some other episode, you know, down the line that that seems like a good one. We'll get you on again to talk about stuff because it's really been fun. 
And um, I, I know that uh, we talked about turning life on in the first episode that you were on, but could you give our listeners a summary of what your organization, Turning Life On, is all about and how they can get involved? So Turning Life On is a, it's an online support platform for parents who want to get together with other parents who care about healthy technology use. So what we do is we set up a page on our website for the community and it's driven locally. So we get parents within that community to kind of drive the movement there. So they recruit other parents to join and you can join in three ways. You can either join as a promise member, which is promising to delay smartphones until at least eighth grade, or you can join as a public supporter. So your name goes on the website or you can join as a private supporter. So you're still connected to the community, but your name is not publicly listed on the website. So that's kind of the first step is to recruit members and build the community. And then the second part of it is we encourage our champions to hold events within the community. And that can be something as simple as a parent roundtable where parents are coming together just to talk tech. Um, so what are the challenges parents are facing? How are they facing those challenges? What rules do they have in their family? What things that they can share with each other, with other parents to help manage technology? And just developing those connections um, amongst the parents so that we can just parent better together around healthy tech. So that's really what our mission is. Really, our mission is to bring parents together um, so that they can communicate with each other and support each other. If you think of an organization like MAD, you know, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, it's a similar idea of parents coming together, talking about healthy tech use, coming up with ways that they can support healthy tech use within the community and ways that they can support each other and share ideas. And if people want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? So the best way to connect with us is to go on to turninglifeon.org and from the website, you'll find a button that you just click on to launch a community and can reach out that way. So our mission is really not only to bring parents together, but to provide information so that parents feel empowered to make healthy choices. So we have a lot of information on the website about healthy tech use. We've read the research and summarized it and posted it there. And then we've also posted a lot of suggestions for parents so that they can feel empowered to make better decisions. We also partner with psychologists and medical organizations and different people across the country who are studying this to get their information and their take and the research that they're doing so that we can get that to parents. Thanks, Adrian. We really encourage our listeners to go to your website and join your organization. You do such important work, and it's just a wonderful thing to be part of. Now, on our next episode, we're going to be talking to Joe Clement and Matt Miles, two veteran award-winning teachers who are the authors of Screen Schooled, a must-read book for every parent who is concerned about what's happening in schools today in regard to technology and how it is critically impacting our children's future. If you have kids in school or kids going into school, you do not want to miss this episode. We hope you'll join us. And just a reminder that you can listen to us and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, etc. So until the next episode, thank you so much for listening and live above the noise. Hello, everyone. If you'd like to get our email update about new episodes, tips and tools, and all the latest information, 
please sign up for our Noise Watch update on our liveabovethenoise.com website.